The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything that you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. I've been so pumped to take a couple of friends with our road bikes to some of the trails nearby, and now I can bring the entire crew, my dog, and all of our gear with that third row. Learn more about the new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. On this episode of This League, we talk about Kevin Durant's wild Friday night on Twitter, Kyrie's new beef with an internet comedian, Tom Thibodeau's notebook-like romance with Derrick Rose, and we also have a ton of listener DMs, so we'll hit those hard, too. Without further ado, I don't say this lightly at all, but Friday, one of the craziest things in the NBA happened. One of the craziest things that I've ever seen in the NBA happened. This is a season where we don't know 30 minutes before tip if a game's actually going to even happen. This is, a, this is a season where we don't know if players are going to have COVID at any given time. We got to witness in this season something that we've never seen before and of all places, Marty, yeah. Brooklyn. Yeah, I mean, we are a Brooklyn Nets pod, remember? Exactly, exactly. It's perfect. So KD, poor KD, continuing to get snake-bitten by COVID protocols. Adam Silver's insistence to continue to move the goalposts And I think KD's had enough. So this is what happened. KD was one of the first people. I don't know if you remember this, Marty, but KD was one of the first people to get COVID in the NBA. Mm -hmm. March of 2020, COVID. March 17th, he told Shams he tests positive. At that point, there were only 15 confirmed cases of COVID. So, okay, so we know that there is in some universe that maybe KD's immune, maybe he's not immune to COVID, which makes this whole scenario a little more bizarre to me. Mm -hmm. So this season rolls around, and boom, January 4th, he has a close contact with someone with COVID, and he's forced to miss a week. Seven days. Didn't have COVID, never tested positive for COVID, just out of an abundance of caution, he had to sit out Three games. And all of that, to me, made sense at the time because the league was really making sure that they were cautious. They are trying to be careful in a pandemic, after all. And then, since then, the NBA has sort of made a decision that they don't really care as much. (laughs) Clearly drawing lines in the sand that money, like Kawhi Leonard said, is much more important than safety. They're all over the place in terms of when games are going to get postponed, when players get held out, when they're allowed to suit up. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's been a real mess as of late, how they've been handling things. I mean, this is uh, this is messy. This is the girl that gets drunk at the party, uh, throws up all over the frat party messy. And then Friday night, it got a whole lot worse. In my opinion, that the NBA finally showed that they have zero idea what they're doing. No idea. Utterly, completely clueless. 25 minutes before game time, this is what happened. The news came down. Katie is going to be a last-minute scratch due to COVID protocols. 
again, even though the man tested negative three times out of an abundance of caution, he's not going to play. Then, four minutes before game time, KD was sitting on the Nets bench, and you're like, what's going on? Then he enters the game as a reserve for the first time in his 867-game career. Doesn't start. Insane. Then midway through the third quarter, he gets a foul, and they're disputing whether he has a foul or not, and then all of a sudden, the Sandman comes and drags KD (laughs) off the floor. Like, okay, because that inconclusive test from another close contact came back positive midway through the game. So let's recap. Durant has already had COVID and recovered from COVID. Has antibodies. Has returned two negative PCR tests, which are the accurate ones. Mm -hmm. But someone the Net Star had interacted with had COVID. And so even though he's been with his teammates all game, he has to leave. And, of course, obviously in that chaos, they lost. So I think right now KD's had enough. And when he got taken out, he decided to come at the NBA on Twitter in perfect KD fashion. And I'm not even talking about using his burner. I had to look at dates. I had to look multiple (laughs) times to see if it was correct. I think I came up to you and I was like, this is this is from right now, right? Right, yeah. This is him tweet live tweeting the game. Yeah, at Reverend Rowdy, yeah. <laughs> He's literally r- live tweeting the Nets game, free me. Yeah, and then he tweeted, uh, yo, NBA, your fans aren't dumb with a bunch of exclamation points. Uh, you can't fool them with your whack-ass PR tactics. Hashtag free seven. Free seven. I love that. So what does that mean? It means that Kevin Durant is smart enough to know that the NBA does not give a fuck about COVID. He's like, yo, you're pulling me after sitting with my teammates all night just for the look? You do not know what you're doing. All you care about is the perception. That's what he's saying. All you care about is your whack-ass PR tactics. You just want the perception that you care about player safety when you do not. And then, shockingly, KD was mad. His teammates were mad. And James Harden said this post game. They said it was just contact tracing. I'm thinking to myself, if it's contact tracing, then we were all in the locker room together. That means that there's no game if he's not going to be able to play. That was my thought process. Marty, that's an L <laughs> that just plainly should not have happened. Yeah. And there are lots of reasons that you can blame the Nets for taking L's to inferior teams like Steve Nash and his trash-ass rotations that he makes. But, but like, this night, this is not on the Nets. This is on Adam Silver in the league, 100%. Once the ball tips, you can't pull your marquee player in the middle of the game. Like, he's already out there. Yeah. He's already been sweating and sitting with his teammates. He was never removed from his team to begin with. He's been side-by-side <laughs> side with them for hours now. What do you think this other 15 minutes is going to do. Like, it's, it's just dumbfounding. Tyler Hero had the same exact same thing happen to him a couple of weeks ago. His roommate tested positive. Nothing happened. He got to play. No games postponed. This is insane. It's fucked. So now 
the Nets are going to have to miss the centerpiece of their offense for multiple games because he's got a quarantine for seven days. He misses the Pistons game and the Pacers game, so they'll probably lose. I mean, they'll probably lose both of those, the way the Pistons are playing. So here's, here's the bottom line. It's, it's, this is not good. This is not, I don't consider this a part of the, this is a dysfunctional organization thing. This is a dysfunctional, yeah. we've got a dysfunctional league on our, our hands. We, the Nets have already been in chaos. Their big three is not meshing in the best of circumstances. The Nets have only had five games with Harden, Kyrie, and Katie together mm-hmm. out of a total of 12. With Durant gone this week, they're going to have 14 games without one of their big three. Sometimes they miss two out of those three. Yeah, uh, over a quarter of a 72-game season without one of their stars on the floor. Like, it's crazy. I mean, I would say that's meaningful. Yeah. (laughs) I would say that's a meaningful stat. So, yeah, I would say that the league pulling this fuckery on the Nets is definitely not the same as shutting down a team like the Washington Wizards for a month. You've got a team that's a contender. This is a top-four team in the league. KD is the league's most marketable player, top-two player in the league, and he is just getting completely fucked by Adam Silver in the league. This is just not what you hope for if you were the Nets who mortgaged your future future for James Harden. Just not. Like, despite what Stephen A. Smith says, this team is not a lock to go to the finals. This team is not a lock to do anything besides just make the playoffs. I'm sorry, Nets fans. That's the truth. So let's just recap. Katie sits for seven days now due to a close play- contact, but every maskless player that shared the court with him in warm-ups and on the bench and on the court is good to go? <laughs> Fine. Nothing happens. No Raptors games postponed. No Nets games postponed. But KD can't play for a week? Like, aren't they the close contact to the close contact? Those teammates? Like, if he (laughs) potentially has COVID, don't they potentially have COVID? Yeah, it makes sense. I wonder to myself what the league is going to do when a close contact of an all-star tests positive the week of February 14th. Huh. I wonder. I hope it happens. Let's stay tuned. This league still mad about KD. How bad do you have to fuck up for the entire internet to take the side of Kyrie Irving? Think about that. The entire internet hates Kyrie Irving, and yet they all defended him. That's, that's crazy. For a variety of reasons, too. You've got Boston Celtics fans that hate him. You've got LeBron stands that hate him. Blue Lives slash All Lives Matter certainly hate him. Steve Nash fans like you, Marty, hate him. Facts. You hate him. Yep. Geographers hate him. (laughs) People who know in their heart of hearts that the earth is round hate him. Just like people who care about the truth hate him. All of them came to Kyrie's defense. All of them. Because why? Because a basketball comedian on the internet named Max is Nice decided he was about to get get mean. So Max is Nice made a spoof video making fun of Kyrie Irving burning sage. Did you see this? Yeah, no, I saw it. And I thought it was funny. At the time, I did. Uh, 
it was like KD and Kyrie be like, and then he's got sage and he's burning, burning sage in the background. Burning yeah. sage in the background. To be fair, it did seem harmless at the time, given that Kyrie did burn sage <laughs> in TD Garden. And at the time that he burned the sage in TD Garden, I was like, wow, Kyrie Irving is really trying to like clear the negativity of his time in Boston. That was what, where my drama-filled head went. Yeah. <laughs> that was obviously not the case. Uh, I just thought it was like a new-age hippie thing. I hadn't done nearly the amount of research clearly that I needed to do, and it turns out neither did Max is Nice, and Kyrie Irving took big offense. So Kyrie commented on the video. What did it say? Yeah, it was an Instagram comment, and uh, it said, uh, I respect the comedy, but tell your ignorant counterpart, Max is Nice, do not disrespect my ancestors. Or indigenous culture with his gestures. Oh, my God. It's sacred to us natives to burn sage, and it's a remembrance of the people who died to preserve our customs. I mean, okay. <clears throat> That's not good. That is that is a bad look for Max is nice. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bad look. Because Kyrie came at him in a very respectful way. In case you didn't know, and I think a lot of people miss this, Kyrie's m- mom... Is, is Elizabeth Ann Larson, who passed away when he was four. Mm-hmm. And she was a member of the Standing Rock Sioux tribe. Adopted when she was a baby, but her native name is Elizabeth Ann White Mountain. Kyrie is a seventh-generation Native American. He is active in the Sioux community. His Native American name is Little Mountain. And you know that it's serious because that's the first thing that's on his Instagram profile is his Native American name. And IG, obviously, Marty, is a huge thing in the Kyrie Irving universe. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that I would say is quite disrespectful given that this is a custom in Native American culture. And instead of apologizing, your boy Max is nice, decided, I'm, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to fan the flames and and say, you know what, Kyrie, you can catch these hands. He said, do you want to box and put boxing gloves on the comment to Kyrie? That is a bad, bad, bad look. And then the internet goes crazy, as it does, and not in the normal, like, fuck you, Kyrie kind of way. Not in the, oh, Kyrie's the worst kind of way. I mean, this is the craziest ratio it was 100% against Max is Nice. 100%. Oh, yeah. That is how egregious everything that Max is Nice did. I don't know if he recovers. He's tried to recover. He's apologized since, but it's like a little too late now. The spoof, ignorant but forgivable. The reaction was just toxic. It was like, I know I'm ignorant, but I'm going to double down on my ignorance. I can't believe you sunned me on Instagram so I'm just going to be mad at you and, and tell you you're wrong. And we can just fight. We can just scrap instead of me being like, yeah, that was pretty ignorant. He just had, didn't have any idea that this could be offensive. And, and it was. So I know I have some bad takes. I made some bad takes I don't even want anyone to remember. But if someone called me out on them, I would certainly say, you know what, that's on me. Sometimes you just have to own up. Or you're going to be lifelong burned by NBA Twitter. Ah, Find someone who loves you and wants you as much as Tom Thibodeau wants Derrick Rose. This is the best romance 
on this side of the notebook. Just adorable. I mean, especially given the fact that Derrick Rose is a broken man. He has been discarded by multiple teams after he was an MVP. How many teams has he been on? Five? I think five teams. For someone who was an MVP to be discarded, you are fragile. And you know what? Tom Thibodeau is going to lift Derrick Rose up. He is now rejoined with Tom Thibodeau on the New York Knicks. This is the third time he's been on a Tom Thibodeau team. That that is wild. That is insane. That is something that everyone can can be inspired by. I love that. <laughs> I love that. How can you love Tibbs not love Tibbs being out of the league? And then he gets his job in New York and he's like, Derek, don't worry, buddy. <laughs> you're one of my first priorities to bring back. Like, you're coming home. I'll get you out of Detroit. I'll get you out of there, buddy. Like, don't worry. I'm going to make sure that James Dolan is not in love with Emmanuel quickly. I'll barely play him any minutes. He won't <laughs> even know what he has. You're going to be starting in no time. It's okay. Dennis Smith Jr., he wants to be on the G League. We'll send him to Detroit. That's the next best thing. Right. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. He made sure to go get Derrick Rose. It's not even halfway through the season yet. It's not even to the trade deadline, and he goes and gets his guy. Detroit was just not using him, and Tibbs was like, you know what, I'll take him. Let us have it. This is just crazy. As a human being, as my therapist would say, as human beings, we want to be deeply seen and known. Tibbs sees Derrick Rose. <laughs> he sees how special he is, how special he can be again, and God bless Tom Thibodeau. He knows how he can use him and how it can work. And Lord knows for some reason Tom Thibodeau isn't going to use Emmanuel quickly until he's 30. Tom Thibodeau will be gone by then. <laughs> he's holding that other 20 minutes for Derrick Rose. Derrick Rose has never averaged less than 27 minutes a game playing with Tom Thibodeau. This boy's about to start. This boy is about to start as soon as he, as soon as he passes COVID protocols. That's crazy. What? What a love story in the middle of a cold, cold February. All right, let's get into some DMs. I had over 400 DMs for basketball-related questions. That's quite a lot. Let's get into it. Okay. Uh, first off, we have, why is Anthony Davis playing so soft this year? <laughs> I mean, the thing about these questions that I loved is that they all are the things that are in my head that I can't say out loud. And mm -hmm. now, and now, big underscore Bob could say them for me. Yeah, Anthony Davis is soft, period. We talk about, like, resting bitch face. Anthony Davis and his resting state are, is soft. Do you agree with that, Marty? Uh, I may not go that far, but I, see, I, I, I could see how a lot of people think that and arrive there, yes. Explain. I don't, I don't – I, I mean, it just seems a little weird to call someone who can go out and play the way I have seen him play at times, soft. At but, times? Yeah, at times. I so understand. what I said is resting, resting state is soft. Sure. Of course. Can he, if he is put – if someone puts a shot collar on him, turn into a dog in the playoffs? Yes. 
we saw Anthony Davis turn into a dog. Mm-hmm. But we know that LeBron James had the remote in his hand and the shot collar around Anthony Davis to turn him into a junkyard dog. That is what we see. All last season and during part of the playoffs, I said, wow, this Anthony Davis kid can disappear. He can disappear for stretches. He can be a marshmallow. I'm not saying he always is a marshmallow. I'm not saying that he always is soft. But he can be that way for long periods of time, games at a time. And I know people are going to get very mad about this on social, and I don't care. This is just the way it is. Here's a little stat for you, Marty. AD may be shooting better this year, percentage-wise and Mm points-wise, but he's averaging the fewest rebounds and blocks in his entire career since his rookie season. What do you have to say about that? I mean, that makes sense. I've seen him play this year. That that makes sense that that's where he's at statistically this year. He's getting fouled less mm-hmm. this year, which means this boy doesn't want to go anywhere near the rim. <laughs> <laughs> this boy is <laughs> – I get it. Like, you won your ring. You want to stick around the perimeter for a while. I mean, it's tough. It's tough down there on the block. I don't care that he grew up in Chicago. He was crowned king very young. AAU, entitled, soft-spoken, like soft. And I like the guy. I really do. And as a human being, I can see why LeBron James also loves Anthony Davis. He is an unselfish player. But with that comes someone who is very, very clearly not a pit bull. Just not. That is just not. Fortunately, for Anthony Davis and his legacy and LeBron James and his legacy and the Lakers and their legacy, Anthony Davis has clearly shown when the lights are bright, that boy goes ham. But he is no Jimmy Butler. He is no, like, hard rock that just will give it to people on a night-to-night basis. So, Laker fans, yes, you're going to have to suffer with Anthony Davis being quite soft-looking throughout the regular season and probably through stretches of the playoffs, but don't worry. You've got the ultimate dog in LeBron James and the Caesar Milan. <laughs> this is, fu- is a fucked up This is a fucked up analogy, but the Caesar Milan in LeBron James turning Anthony Davis into a... I just can't. Just you know what, I have, what I'm saying. On a, he's turning him into a junkyard dog in the playoffs, but not on a night-to-night basis. That was, I mean, this is, could get me ratioed, but this is, that's the truth. <laughs> gotcha. Okay, so uh, the next one is uh, who should the Celtics use the traded player exception on? So they have $28.5 million mm-hmm. in the traded player exception. Ainge has said he wants shooters with size. So who are those people? Do you have any names in mind? Oh, Kelly Oubre. Kelly Oubre. <laughs> Shooters with size. That boy, Kelly Oubre, he, he will shoot. We know that Kelly Oubre will shoot. Harrison Barnes I like. He's averaging 17, 50% uh, from the field, 41% from three. He could be an addition. He's, uh, he can also defend, mm-hmm. I would say. Yeah. I love the idea of P.J. Tucker. Because, like, I think that the Celtics need to get Marcus Smart out of there. Out. I love Marcus Smart. I love his toughness. I love what he can do. But, boy, does he make some bad, bad decisions on the offensive side. He thinks he's a go- He does some Kelly Oubre shit. I love it. 
He does. <laughs> he does. Where you're like, whoa. He does shit that Draymond Green does. Where it's like, yo, why are you shooting from the logo right now? You, did anyone tell you to do that? Did anyone say, Marcus Smart, this is your game to go out and, and shoot 30 times tonight? No. So I want Marcus Smart out. P.J. Tucker doesn't do that shit. He does not. He's just as tough as Marcus Smart. He's bigger. He can hit threes, and he makes so much better decisions. So I like that. Who else? I really like Julius Randle, but I don't think the Knicks are – I think the Knicks are playing way too good, and yeah. I do not – I think they love themselves some Julius Randle. Oh, yeah. They're going to see what they have in him right now. Yeah. 100%. I mean, before – before Tibbs runs the tread off of Julius Randle, and then right. they have to yeah. trade him for nothing, uh, I don't think I don't think they're going to get rid of him. I've also heard that the Bulls are shopping Markkinen, mm-hmm. but I don't think Markkinen plays good enough D for them. Also, like I just don't think I just don't think that moves the needle in any exciting way. Yeah. They I, had Ennis Cantor for a while though. I love, but they see. Here's the thing about the Ennis Cantor thing: like they don't know how to use. They obviously don't know. This is a Brad Stevens segment in the future. Mm-hmm. But Brad Stevens clearly misused Ennis Cantor. Ennis Cantor, for the Blazers now, is like one of the best free agent signings in the entire offseason. Oh, he can paid. get a bucket. He can get a bucket. He can rebound. And boy, he is an underrated defender for how much people drag him. He Three blocks in a game. Like, the Celtics didn't use Ennis Cantor whatsoever. But he's not like a three-point shooter. Right. Uh, I really, really like Vucevic as as a possible candidate for them. He can shoot the three. He's seven feet tall. He can defend. He can pull guys out. He can actually defend someone like Embiid. This is the problem. The Celtics have no answer for Joel Embiid. And when it comes time for the playoffs, that's going to be a huge, huge problem. Let's go next question. Okay. Uh, next up, we've got uh, who's the worst player you would trade Ben Simmons for? Who asked that question? This is from user uh, Johnny underscore cocaine. <laughs> well, Johnny cocaine. What a great question. That's like I love these random hypotheticals that my mind never thinks of. Who's the worst player that you would trade Ben Simmons for? Hmm. I mean, there's plenty of bad players that you could legitimately swap them for. I think the worst player being floated around is Zach Levine. I don't think Zach – Zach Levine's having like an all – we'll call it an all year for him. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't call it like an all pro year. But he's playing – He's like if a lot of people got hurt, he could maybe be an all-star. Yes. Yeah. He's at the all-star game for one reason and one reason only. <laughs> <laughs> the dunk contest. Uh, I guess the three-point shooting contest sometimes, too, he's been in. I, but he's not an all-star. All of that to say he's not an all-star. Uh, I have read a lot of articles saying that that's a possibility. But the only reason you do that is to get out of Ben Simmons' bad contract. So I don't think that's going to happen. But the trade, this isn't really a bad trade. So this isn't the worst player. I'm kind of like skating out of this question as much as I can. But the trade that I love in my mind, is Anthony Simons and C.J. McCollum for Ben Simmons and maybe Dwight Howard. <laughs> so you couldn't trade C.J. for Ben straight up. I just wouldn't. Maybe you could. So let's just say you do that. See, You get rid of C.J., which is 
right around 25 points of offense. We don't have him right now anyway. Right. Bum ankle. But the Blazers already have plenty of offense. So we've got Gary Trent Jr., you've got Rodney Hood, you've obviously got Dame. Robert Covington can get a bucket. So you've got plenty of that. Gary Trent Jr. immediately steps into C.J. McCollum's role. And now with Covington, Jones, and Ben Simmons, you could possibly maybe defend some people. Maybe. <laughs> like we are at this point, we, Blazers being my team, we are the second worst defensive team in the entire National, National Basketball Association. So, God damn it, we need some defense. Terry Stotts, I think, could actually unlock Ben Simmons in a way using Damian Lillard and Ben Simmons' pick and roll. Like, could you imagine using Ben Simmons like the Blazers used Nurkic? Uh, yeah. Like, put him on the, on the free throw line, come up, pop, Dame can, like, you can run a two-man action with those dudes all day. Dame would get a fuck ton of hockey assists. Oh, my yeah. God. And Ben Simmons, he can pass. Oh, yeah. He can pass <laughs> that. I mean, you can get uh, some backdoor cutters. I just, uh, I really like that. I don't think it would ever happen, but I think it's a possibility. Uh, with the West being filled with gunslingers, we need to defend someone. I mean, just De'Aaron Fox is going to cook us. You know, Donovan Mitchell, Mike Conley, going to cook us. Just all day. We cannot hang with elite teams. We've got to figure something out. I love CJ, but, like, goddamn, something's got to change. All right. Uh, speaking of the Kings, uh, we've got, uh, besides Fox and Halliburton, please try and find something positive about the Kings. This is from uh, user Kangs all day. <laughs> just, was that your twang, or is it actually Kangs? He spells it Kangs. Like like kangaroo. Can, yeah, yeah. Or like the <laughs> villain from The Simpsons, yeah. Okay. This person, Kangs All Day, is disgruntled, obviously. What a scarred fan. Okay, that's like being like, yo, outside of me being like good looking and fit, please tell me why I am like a desirable human being. Like you've got two players in De'Aaron Fox and Halliburton that are very exciting, very good, very skilled players that you have to build on for the future. So like besides them, what is there to be excited about? There's actually a lot of things. You've got um you've got Buddy Heald. He is killing. You've got Harrison Barnes. He's killing. They've won 8 of 10 games. That's exciting. They're one of the best teams to bet against the spread. They've just consistently outperformed. They just beat the Clippers. They just beat the Celtics. I mean, this is an exciting-ass team. This is, this is just an unreal question because, like, you've got – you lucked out on Halliburton. You didn't deserve him. The Kings never draft well. Like, what are you mad about? You're mad because Marvin Bagley didn't work out? Like, you're mad because Willie Cauley-Stein is gone or DeMarcus Cousins is no longer there? What are you mad about? What are you so sad for? Like, this team is exciting. As one of the teams that passed on Luka, I could say that probably has a little something to do with it. I'm going to say things about Luka at some point. <laughs> I don't, I, I don't, I don't see it. I'm just saying, I th uh, th that's probably where a little bit of the uh, depression comes from. But uh, another thing I will add, uh, whenever you win, Rishon Holmes' mother uh, posts Instagram videos that are very heartwarming about your victory. Oh, so, yeah. that is a nice thing to go and check that out on IG. Kangs, what is it, Kangs all day? Kangs all day. I would die for 
to have De'Aaron Fox and Tyrese Halliburton on my team. So if you're a Kings fan, just enjoy the ride. There's a lot to be encouraged about, especially those IG posts. Okay. Uh, Does Kelly Oubre look better with or without his headband? Who's that from? Wallen530. Wallen530. What a question. What an unreal question. Do you know that Kelly Oubre has become a universal sex symbol for men? Quite aware. Yeah, you were... (laughs) You were, you are a Suns fan, and he was a son. Tell me about what you know about this. I mean, he's handsome. He's handsome. Uh, he uh, used to hook up with Kendall Jenner for a little while before he and uh, she and Book started dating. Uh, she's yeah. been passed around the NBA, hasn't she? A little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's from Louisiana. He got displaced by Hurricane Katrina. Uh, I, I, I'm a fan. I'm a big Kelly Oubre fan, even though he's no longer a son. There are straight men who say some wild things in, in, in Kelly Oubre's Instagram. Like, <laughs> like, have my babies. It has become a trend for straight men to sexually harass Kelly Oubre online. That's just what it has been. The only thing that is not sexy about Kelly Oubre is him shooting three for 40. Yeah. That's the only thing. Or him telling the world that he thinks that he's going to replace Kevin Durant when he came in for the Warriors. Like, that was also not exactly sexy. I False bravado is not sexy. And that was that. That was false bravado. I love the, conf, the quote, confidence. But in terms of his, his looks, I looked at some photos of Kelly Oubre just this morning. And I think he's sexier naked. So no headband. Mm. Sexier with the no headband. Sexier just plain naked. Lots of tattoos. Love myself. Some Kelly Oubre. Gotcha. Uh, okay. Uh, next up we have, uh, how would you cope if you were a Magic fan? God, it's rough. It's rough being a yeah. Magic fan. Yeah. You had so much to be excited about. The Magic, the first episode of this podcast, were one of the most exciting teams in the NBA. They were like second in the East. Markel Fultz was balling. And then as soon as he tore himself his knee up. Now the the Magic are nine of 15, nine and fifteen. They've lost seven of ten. It's just a depressing situation. You've got really nothing to look forward to if you're an Orlando Magic fan. So here's what I would do. Uh, oh yes, this stat I forgot to say. Their last game they lost to the Bulls at home by twenty eight. They scored a minuscule 12, <laughs> 12 <laughs> points in a quarter. My let me just say this: my high school girls basketball team regularly scored more than 12 in a quarter. Like, we put up at least 15, 17 points in a quarter. I mean, it wasn't much better, but that's better than an NBA player. So how would I cope? I guess I would look at the draft board a lot. I mean, you could get Cade Cunningham maybe. Like, keep sliding. Keep sliding more. (laughs) You could get maybe Jalen Suggs from Gonzaga. Just keep sliding. Get deep into the weeds in the NBA draft Reddit. Tankathon. Tankathon. Yeah. Just like look at old Penny Hardaway highlights. Look at old Shaq highlights. Those two together were the last time this Orlando Magic team was really exciting, exciting. They they went to the finals with, with Dwight. Dwight Howard, but yeah. that doesn't count to me. I just don't think <laughs> that that was a good team at all. I would say also maybe enjoy some time away from from basketball. 
put on your favorite Tracy McGrady jersey and like enjoy the Florida sun. Just maybe go to the bayou and like look at some crocodiles or maybe take a trip to Walt Disney World, uh, Splash Mountain. That's the only splashing that's going on in Orlando is Splash Mountain. <laughs> and they're changing the name. They're changing the name to what? What are they changing the name to? The Princess and the Frog ride. I don't know exactly what the name is, but I think they are changing that's the name. That's dumb. A little bit. I feel that is a change in, in history. I don't like that. Anyway, fuck it. Maybe become a, te- a fan of a team. If you don't live in Orlando, become a fan of a team near your city that you live in. Just start wearing their colors. Jump on the bandwagon. I don't know. Become a Kings fan. Kings are very exciting. Just ask Kang's, was it Kang's ride or die? What was his name? Kang's, Wait, was Kang's, Kang's all, all day. day. Yeah. I mean, this guy, this guy is John Whitney. Maybe your name should be Magic Fan for Life. Maybe I would think you were a more ride or die than you are. Next question. Okay. This should be fun. Oh, okay. yeah. Here we go. <laughs> uh, where do you rank Devin Booker in the league? Oh, Marty, Marty, Marty. I vacillated back and forth on this for a long-ass time because you say the name Devin Booker and you think, man, this dude is good. Man, is he a walking bucket. Man, does he do exciting things. Is he a leader? Is he pretty out there, smooth, just able, like that chase down block. You think about that chase down block, Mm -hmm. comes back, has the assist. God, I love some Devin Booker. Yeah. Think about a lot of things. Think about a lot of things. You're like, oh, man, he's underrated. He can be clutch. And then you look at basketballreference.com, the dream killer of all dream killers, and you see his stats and you say, wow, are my eyes deceiving me? Is Devin Booker, is Devin Booker that good? Is he as good as I think he is? Statistically, Devin Booker is 34% from three for his career. That is concerning. That's so concerning. This year, and you think to yourself, maybe last year, it was just because people were draped all over him. He was the only option at the wing. Mikel Bridges hadn't come into his own yet. He had Kelly Oubre with him, chucking. No No need to defend Kelly Oubre. Ricky Rubio, chucking. Okay. So he's draped, and now he's unlocked, right? And shit, what is he shooting from three now? 35%. That's not good. That is not good. And then you think to yourself, okay, is he better than, is he better than C.J. McCollum, who's, who I'm advocating we should trade? Yeah, I think he's better. I, I think to myself, yeah, he's better than C.J., right? He's better than C.J., and then I go on basketball reference again. And C.J. McCollum is shooting a whopping 44% from three. And you're like, damn, that's a full 10%. Better. Holy shit. And let's be serious. C.J.'s threes are also contested. He's not a man in the corner just waiting to get shots. Free passes from Dame on the kickout. That would be disrespectful if you said that. I love, I love Devin Booker. But where does he rank? I just don't know. I think if I had to say and go down the list, I'd say like the fifth best shooting guard in the league. Fifth? Fifth. I have to put it at like five. I don't know. Like I can't know. 
I fifth. Let me like just look. Like, I mean, I don't do lists, so like I'm not gonna like come out and say 100 percent you're wrong. I, I, I don't think I would have him fifth by any stretch. So we're, we're talking about we're talking about like right now, or are we talking about including including Clay Thompson? We'll include him. Okay. So you've got James Harden. James, Clay. He's a two. You've got Clay. You've got Paul George. You, Paul George. You don't put Paul George there? You've got Drew, Drew Holiday. I mean, I, can, I think of Paul George more as a wing than a shooting guard. But that's what, his, that's what he's considered as a shooting guard. That's what they call him. He's not a small forward. He's a shooting guard. Okay, so we'll take out Paul George. Okay. I put C.J. McCollum right in front. Okay, I don't. It's. I mean, I just do. He's That's an fine. Iron Man. Devin Booker has been really a lot hurt, more hurt. I think he's five. He's like four or five. Give me That's your. Fine. Give me your best. I know you're salty about this. <laughs> give me your best, Devin Booker. Like, how do you? How do you respond to thirty four percent from three? At your. I mean, you kind of did his- it. You kind of did it for me. He's always had shit teammates his entire career. He's had to shoot out of triple teams you, constantly. That's why like Damian that- Lillard shoots out of triple teams. That boy. Is okay, cold. yeah. Not everyone is Damian Lillard's level of sharpshooter. I'm not saying Devin Booker really is. I think him winning the three point contest at a young age made people think of him only as a sharpshooter, and like that's his game. But dude gets inside. He facilitates. He gets people involved. He does way more than shoot threes, and I do expect that number to go up. I hope it goes up. It's got to go up. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It has to go up. It's got to go, yeah, go yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If it goes down, then I'll it's gotta be here go agreeing up. with you. Yep. I mean, that's all the time. I think we used up all the time that we have on that. Shoot, this was a fun episode. Um, please rate. Re- please rate. Was it rate, review, subscribe, all those things. Also, the analytics people tell me that if you unsubscribe and resubscribe, that's better. So please do that. Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. I think Apple Podcasts are weighed heavier. You don't care. Just listen, please. Just listen. It makes a huge difference. We also have This League hoodies on sale in the Barstool store. Please help us out. Thank you so much for listening. We have a packed Friday morning show. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or... I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.